before, I felt that I was making money and big, making the name and uh, making my family uh, happy. But still, in the end, I could not save my wife's life though. So that got to be something, something different. This is Culture at a Crossroads with David Mann. Joining me in conversation, owner and operator of Living Water Resort in Collingwood, Larry Law. Thanks for making the time. Thank you. Larry, I want to trace back to your uh, your childhood a little bit. What was it like for you growing up? Uh, I was born in China and raised in Hong Kong in the 60s. And um, everyone was poor back then. And we, however, that um, enticed us to uh, be more independent and will be more of uh, driving, you know, for a better future. So hardworking and try to be entrepreneur, that kind of the culture, I feel that, you know, that was hardship. But the same thing, I felt that it was a good thing to shake up the people. And mm-hmm. I really feel that, you know, I, I gained much of the benefit from there. It was hard times, so you were really forced to try to make something out of nothing. Exactly, yeah. Because, uh, you know, we did not have uh, the, at that time, it was a British economy, and there was no such thing about, about any kind of a big health or welfare from the, from the government. Basically, you're on your own. So we learned to be independent. We learned to, to make it. We learned to face the challenges, which almost happen to everyone every day. And we learned to overcome them. So as such, so overcoming the obstacle and turning into opportunity, you know, would be the kind of a culture. And the hope was very important too. And uh, because we always feel that, you know, if we work hard and be nice, going back to the basic uh, good Chinese culture, and I think uh, we will be doing doing good. And so that kind of faith, you know, is important. At the same time, we learn to um, be kind and be supporting to people around you and such as a family member and friends and things like that. So as such, so indirectly, uh, now I recognize that that kind of a community support, you know, seemed to be really, really working. You mentioned that they, uh, while they weren't necessarily that educated themselves, they strive that you and your siblings would get educated. Uh, where did you go for that? Yes, right. Uh, I was uh, very grateful to my parents and they worked hard and they emphasizing the importance of education. So they, they really, really put out their last penny to support us, you know, to have a further education. As such, so I was able to um, be sent to have education in architecture in the States, um, Columbus, Ohio. That was uh, my 70, you know, a good time in there. So you go through school to be an architect and then you start working in uh, California? Yes, right. Yes, right. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was uh, enjoying my life back then. And but later on, I felt that you know, working um, just a architect on my own may not be as about um, may not be of a rewarding. And then by the time that um, my parents and uh, they started doing quite good business in Hong Kong, so they called me back home. So I went back home to work for them for seven years. I was well trained, you know, by the family. And I was well trained, you know, how to be an entrepreneur and basically, you know, uh, becoming a, a jack of all trade. 
and which was a very good um, experience. And so it was not only one discipline, but basically all are 360 degree how to do business. And the more important thing is how to do business well and managing and building relationship with the people around you. So because of that kind of uh, harmonious you know, relationship, I learned from them. And I feel that, you know, no matter how good I am or the people are, the most important thing is, is a people relationship. I learned from them. And as such, though, you know, this is a good principle. I believe that, you know, could be applicable to anyone, every country. Is it no, no question about that? And, uh, I guess, however, and later on, I try to uh, stretch for something, which is about, you know, my own self of doing something, building up something because working for my company, I mean, for my father's company. And that was uh, something challenging. And uh, But I think it might be even more challenging if I was uh, working for myself, start up my own business and start up my own career and in other country. So mm. at that time, you know, honestly, I was quite naive and uh, did not really worry about things too much. So I came to Canada in 1984. How did you pick Canada? My uh, brother and sister has been living in Canada because most of us got educated in, uh, in, in North America and uh, Canada seemed to be a more welcoming country, you know, to the immigrants. So you, you t- mentioned relationships, learning how to do that from your parents. Uh, what about uh, any romantic relationship yet at this point in your life? Are you married at this time? Uh, actually, um, I was not too proud to share with you that actually um, I did not uh, behave myself and I had my uh, divorce in Hong Kong. And uh, for the Chinese community or the Chinese uh, family, it was not well accepted. And mm. so I just moved on on my own to start my own new page. But then uh, one thing I was very, uh, very fulfilling to say that my mother told me that, you know, I have faith in you, even though you are not making it now in your marriage, I really want you to do well in the future and don't lose faith in our family. Mm. And that was the primary motivation. So I turned into another, you know, more serious young man because of that. And I basically also work for my family's reputation, put it this way. And I want them to be proud of me that Mm. uh, I still can make it. I'm not going to do anything bad to make you be ashamed of me. And Mm. it should be the other way around. So that was a really big motivation in my life thereafter. I can only imagine that's must have been just a special a special endorsement to get from your mother to believe in you in that way. Yes, why? Yes, why? Uh-huh. Yes, why? Uh-huh. Yeah. So you come to Canada and how do you start this company? What does it what does it look like in its infancy? So I start off as a, a small uh, builder and uh, then I turn into a combination of a builder and developer and then the rest is the history. What do you attribute the growth from that point forward too? I learned to be learning fast and observant and being humble and then to try to understand who I am and for sure that I cannot be 100% everything. So I learned to how to build up the team who can supplement my you know, shortcoming 
So next step is about for the team building there. And as such, though, we have a very good uh, trusting team and we have a good mission and we try to be um, doing our very best then. But in doing business, though, is uh, dreaming is one thing, but you need to be practical is another thing. At that time, so many people building what they call is a monster home, about 4,000, 5,000 square feet home, you know, in um, a GTA. But I was uh, basically down to earth and I was talking about affordability as well, too. So I tried to uh, do something which is still true to us, though, is about number one, price sensitive. But not that I always saying that, you know, you come up with a product that is cheap, but no good. Anyone can do so. You come up with a product which is very expensive and very good, which is no big deal either. Everyone can do so. By doing business, you need to be innovative that you come up with a product which is good, but which is not too expensive. I think that would be the challenge, how you do that. So I, I used to say that, you know, we sell a product, a, a home, you know, it looked like giving you a perception of being a Cadillac, but only charging you a Volkswagen price. So the mm. terminology, as you can see, may be outdated, you know, and uh, but this is the kind of principle that we are doing. So that is still um, uh, how we run our business successfully. Wow. And then uh, a lot of years go by here, and in 92, you uh, make a pretty big purchase in the Collingwood region. Um, how did the what was called the Cranberry Inn uh, get your attention? That was the very um, beginning of my uh, spiritual journey. And I used to tie down the, the land, and then uh, we call it a due diligence. And then uh, I would uh, go deep, you know, to do the, the investigation. And I, I did, um, you know, almost purchase a big piece of land near uh, Collingwood. And then I traveled around in the region. I drove to a Cranberry Inn. I fell in love with Cranberry um, a village. And uh, I just felt that, you know, it's something good. And the most important thing is that it's pretty much, you know, well planned and established there already. And I felt that, you know, this kind of um, well-established is not something I can build overnight. As a developer, the biggest challenge is about how you can turn it into a real greenery establishment. You, you know, the tree would take uh, 10 years or 20 years to get mature. But mm -hmm. Cranberry, you know, they full of uh, this, um, you know, mature landscaping and so and so. So I tie it down right away. And so the West is a history as well, too. However, in the first uh, many years, it was very tough. And I lost a lot of money in there. At the same time, it was also funny, too. I always had my partner, about 50-50. And um, my partner um, was worried about, you know, about the loss of so much money. But I still have faith in this project. So basically, I, I bought him out. And I struggle all on my own since then. Mm -hmm. But I'm very, uh, very thankful that um, I'm able to do it, the, this kind of thing, like what we are doing. And Larry, at this time, uh, Collingwood and the Blue Mountains region wasn't as known about or populated as it is today. How do you think you had this vision that 
it could be a, a prosperous place to invest? Good question. Uh, uh, absolutely true. It was that was why you know we had a very tough time you know for for the first many years. But I really believe that um, in um, I know that uh, many people they really we you know crazy about you know the cottages in Muskoka. It was not always my belief and my cup of tea, mm. because that only belonged to the super rich people, because it, it cost millions of dollars for that one. For me, even though I'm, I'm a businessman, I always have a social mind. I always mm. care for the the society at large, and I always want to do something, you know, for the people at large. Same thing, I I building, you know, the um we call it a first home buyer a way back. Because I want to do business to all people, not only to one type of a people. And so I believe that, you know, Collingwood and Bull Mountain, which is about two hours or less of the drive. And it could be a, another of the region that we could do something and something what? At that time, it was same thing for any time our, our skirt would be about the retirement home, retirement committee, that kind of thing. Again, I did not believe in the retirement home community on its own either, because I always believe that a good community is consists of all walks of life. It should be, you know, for the young people, and it should be also for the older people and all those things. And I believe that at that time, there was no such thing as internet and all those things. Mm. But I still believe that, um, you know, it could be someone early retiree and they don't have to be working every day but they still can stay and live and work in uh, Collingwood and then they just come back to uh, Collingwood for a meeting once a week and that kind of thing and so that was what my belief to be somehow whatever these two things I was hoping to be and uh, and I'm proud to say that Collingwood is evolving this way now it turned out to be quite a um uh, all year round living community for for uh, vacationing as well as for permanent living and uh, of course nowadays with the internet you know and with the covid experience many people they virtually they can work at home and uh, and then maybe you know once a while in a week then go back to to uh, have a meeting in person things like that so all these things turn out to be an ideal thing, you know, for the people. And uh, I always, always believe that, you know, a life is work balancing. Life, is, someone would say, live to work and work to live. But I believe that, you know, and uh, it, it should be integrated. We should work, especially now we run into something is called the business as a mission, or we call as a marketplace ministry. We discover that working is, is a calling. And working is not just a way of making a living. It's just like someone cutting stone. And you may say, well, I'm cutting stone. This is my work. And you may say, oh, I'm making, you know, X dollars an hour cutting stone. But what about if you are saying that I'm cutting stone, you know, for building, I'm part of the building, a cathedral. That kind of a higher purpose is mm. exactly a good way to drive the people positive. And that may be the best way to build a good company culture. And that is the way to build a good company. And I'm proud to share that, you know, my company, 
is profitable, sustainable, but at the same time, you know, doing good deed, meaning a common good and social good, all those things. But how I can do it on my own, no way that we can do it together because, you know, and uh, most of our staff carrying our higher purpose, which is not only doing the job, not only making the money for the living, but more important thing is about how we can through working, how to serve our guests, you know, in a, you know, with our higher purpose. And what do you mean by the higher purpose? The thing is that you know, we have to believe that whatever the product and the services we are doing, it got to be beneficial to the people. So we don't call this thing, I sell you something. No, I, I'm, I'm offering you something that would help you to have a better life. And in our hospitality industry, absolutely, life is, is, is tough. It's very, very negative nowadays. And so the people really, really, they want to have a space of freedom, a space of uh, relaxation, rejuvenating their life and things like that. That is the kind of thing we take, we are so honored and so passionate that we are able to offer the people the good time. And 90% of the people by the end of the, the vacation, they always feel, I don't know what's going on in here. I just feel good. I just feel inspired. Why? Because they can see, you know, the people around them. They can see our coworker. For sure, many of the guests, they may be making more money, you know, than us. But the point is about our staff are happier. Why? That might be a good question mark for them to do. Why? Because we have a work balancing. We have a mission. We are we are building that. We are making some some contribution to the society. And then for me, you know, I'm a, a person of faith, and I am I'm proud to say that. Yeah. How did that How did that come about? That we can just root some of this higher purpose and this where the, where this came from for you as this got you said you mentioned beginning of your spiritual journey, but where did the the come to Jesus moment happen? Yeah, because um, um, well, in two thousand and one, when I was doing well and, and and good, and my beloved wife passed away, and mm, um, um, passed away, and before that, I was naive that, and uh, I could take care of her, I can do anything, you know, to uh, save her life, but it was in vain, and then after her passed away, and I started searching the meaning of life, and before. I felt that I was making money and making the name and I'm making my family uh, happy and that kind of uh, the traditional thing. But still, in the end, I could not save my wife's life though. So that got to be something, something different. So I was searching. Well, very soon, I turned to Christ and I discovered that I went to church. I felt that the church people, they're happier. And wait, they are smiling. They are making joke. I question why these people are so so much happier, mm. you know, than 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 uh, than me. And so I try to look into, and uh, later on, and I uh, turn to Christ, and I am now one of them. I'm happier. Why? Because I have less worry. I have God, you know, to be with me. But the more and more important thing is about He raised me up. He raised me up to be a better person. And I experience every day, you know, with God. And so at work, 
not because I have a problem, then I know him. Basically, you know, he and I be together every day. So as such, I got to know him. I enjoy his love in my life, in my work. And as such, though, I become a more loving person. And I call this thing as a loving tank. But you see, my loving tank is it quite full. So, so automatically, my love will be spilling off to other people around us. So how we do that? Naturally, all the business decision, all the daily behavior is so much of about loving. We always want to do something, how to make other people and help other people in a better living. So that is really becoming our main goal and not just talking about, oh, I'm doing the business. I got to make you know, tons of money. That, that That is very, very secondary. And today, every day, our priority is how to be godly. Godly is love and which is serving. And secondly, is how to build a better relationship, a loving relationship with people around us. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we are perfect. We're 100%. But this is what we are striving for. And then uh, thirdly, only thirdly, then we come to the to the term of about business and working and things like that. So as such, though, we have this priority in our business running, in our daily work, and the people and our staff feel it. And many of, of them, they turn to know Christ accordingly as well, too. And so we almost have a, a very touching story, you know, almost like every week, you know, in an organic way, that how we can serve, you know, the people, how we can serve the people in the community and also the community beyond as well, too. Just to give you an example. Mm-hmm. That, Please do. Um, yeah. And uh, one time, and um, the local high school called us. We always had some relationship with them and supporting each other. And um, the school called us that, you know, I had one student who's not working out in school. And uh, can you offer her a job to see how she can pan out? And so we did. It's true that after two days of working, she just dropped out. And um, But the thing was that we have our manager and she was so kind enough to went to her house to chat with her, have a good conversation, and so and so. Next day, and uh, this young girl came back. She came back with another one of her friends, and we asked her, why you why you come back now? And she said that in my life, apparently, she was from the broken family. She said that I was never be able to receive anyone who cared for me. Mm. And, um, you know, and now I experience the love and the care first time. And so I, I really come back trying to make it. So that was such a, um, a, a touching, you know, feeling. And later on, she also, you know, introduced another egg of the, the teenager, sort of, you know, in her group to come to work for us. My goodness, many of them, sure, they have the challenges and so and so. And we are able, naturally, to provide this kind of loving and caring environment. And bottom line, it was just a um, people relationship. And that's why I'm so proud to say that, you know, Christianity is not just a religion. It's a life. It's human. 
and then we turn it into about the the will walk the talk. And I think that should be so beneficial to the people. And unfortunately, the people just talk and they don't live out this way. So that might be a good reminder for every one of us try to do the best we can today, you know, for other people. At the same thing, the good thing will come back to us as well too. Because, you know, I mean, the blessing is always that we are offering instead of receiving. So if we do something good, you know, for the people, and we just feel good. We don't need no one to recognize us or pay us anything. The inner strength and inner joy is what we are gaining. And this is basically on a daily, daily basis. Beautiful. Well, that's an inspiring outlook on life and inspiring way in which God has brought you to himself and uh, to use your skill set and your and your passions to help serve people with your work. We've been in conversation with the owner and operator of Living Water Resort in Collingwood, Larry Law. Thank you for this. Thank you very much. Next time on Culture at a Crossroads. The relationship we have with our parents has a greater impact on who we are as people than we often realize. In his latest book, Just Wants No More, award-winning author Charles Ferrand candidly shares about how his father's illness nearing death forced him to confront who his dad truly was. It took me nearly 40 years to read in his gaze uncertainty about being loved rather than anger at being alive and to accord the gentleness beneath his bluster, the stature of bravery given that bad hand. Thanks for listening today. A reminder that you can access any of our episodes when you head to the Culture at a Crossroads podcast. We do invite you back next week as we once again explore the intersection of faith and culture in Canada, helping to better equip you in following Jesus.